Welcome. Glad to see you all here. My name is Debbie Beal. I'm a second year medical student at Loma Linda University. And I actually went through the nursing school too. So I'm going to be talking about medicine and nursing and other areas of healthcare as well as pastoral ministry and how we can capitalize on that for winning souls for Christ. So before we begin, I'd like to bow our heads. I'd like you to bow your heads with me for prayer. Father, I just want to thank you so much for another day of life, for your Sabbath, and ask for you to please send your spirit to speak through me now. Please touch the hearts of the people here. Teach us how to live like you lived, to reach out to those around us through our professional lives, through our personal lives, through everything we do. Please send your spirit now to, to work in our lives and to speak through me. Amen. Josefina lives in Italy. She has a very interesting problem, very sad problem. She has a right hand that is uncontrollable. It has, seems to have a will of its own. She'll be in the grocery store shopping, and her left hand will put things into the cart that she wants. And this right hand will come and take them out. She'll be driving the cart down the road and trying to turn one direction, and then this uncontrollable hand turns it the opposite. She'll be trying to read a book, turning the pages one way with the good left hand, and then the right hand decides, no, we're going to turn the backwards. She can't read. She can't get groceries. She can't even get dressed. She'll try to button up her shirt with the good hand, and then the bad hand will be unbuttoning it. It's a real problem. Now, the problem that Josephina has is a real problem. This is not science fiction. It's something called alien hand syndrome. And it's actually something we studied in neuropathology last week in medical school. It's a real disease. It happens when there's, no there's a problem with communication between the left and right side of the brain, an area called the corpus callosum. It sometimes happens with with strokes and other medical conditions. It's a very sad condition where you have this side of your body, usually like a hand or a leg, that doesn't cooperate. The problem is, is that there's no cure. And in a similar sense that people get this rare and very sad condition, we have a similar problem in the church. We have an alien hand in the church. The health message is the right hand of the gospel, and it's to facilitate the body of Christ in reaching souls. It's to work in cooperation with the body. But often it does not. You have a handout. Many of you have, uh, should all have. It has some of the quotes that we're going to be going through in addition to um, the Bible this, this afternoon. And the first quote you have I believe, is from Testimonies, Volume 6, page 289. It says, The medical missionary work should be a part of the work of every church in our land. Disconnected from the church, it would soon become a strange medley of disorganized atoms. It would consume, but not produce. Instead of acting as God's helping hand to forward his truth, it would sap the life and force from the church and weaken the message. 
conducted independently, it would not only consume talent and means needed in other lines, but in the very work of helping the helpless, apart from the ministry of the word, it would place men where they would scoff at the Bible. God is saying, if you have medical ministry apart from ministry to the spiritual needs of those that you come in contact with, your patients, those in your community. It actually is not just a neutral force. It's a negative force. It's that hand that undoes the good that the church does. It places people where they scoff at the Bible. God is saying this hand must be healed. God must heal this hand. So that it cooperates, it facilitates the work of the church. The page before in Six Testimonies, page 288, describes this some more. It says, again and again, I have been instructed that the medical missionary work is to bear the same relation to the work of the three angels' message that the arm and hand bear to the body. Under the direction of the divine head, they are to work unitedly in preparing the way for the coming of Christ. The right arm of the body of truth is to be constantly active, constantly at work, and God will strengthen it. But it is not to be made the body. At the same time, the body is not to say to the arm, I have no need of thee. The body has need of the arm in order to do active, aggressive work. Both have their appointed work, and each will suffer great loss if worked independently of the other. God is calling for medical work to combine with ministry, both in health care and in the church, so that this right hand facilitates the work of God, so that more souls are one. In Matthew 4.23, we see that this is how Christ lived. We saw in the last message that this is a message, a way of living like Christ lived, teaching, preaching, and healing. In Matthew 10, 7, and 8, we saw last seminar that this is not just what Christ lived, it's what he called his disciples to live, a life of blended ministry, physical and spiritual. Matthew 10, 7, and 8 says, And as you go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received freely give. It's a message to us as the followers of Christ to combine physical and spiritual healing in those that we minister to. A call to medical evangelism, chapter 8, says, when connected with other lines of gospel effort, medical missionary work is a most effective instrument by which the ground is prepared for the sowing of the seeds of truth, and the instrument also by which the harvest is reaped. Medical missionary work is the helping hand of the gospel. So far as possible, it would be well for evangelical workers to learn how to minister to the necessities of the body, as well as the soul. For in doing this, they are following the example of Christ. Intemperance has well nigh filled the world with disease, and the ministers of the gospel cannot spend their time and strength in relieving all in need of help. 
the Lord has ordained that Christian physicians and nurses shall labor in connection with those who preach the word. The medical missionary work is to be bound up with the gospel ministry. It continues. And the gospel minister should preach the health principles. The Christian physician has a high calling with his full knowledge of the human system and its laws. He is in a position to preach the gospel of salvation with much efficiency and power. The ministry of the gospel, whether by the minister or the physician, is to reach out to man a helping hand wherever it is needed. Here the gospel minister and the Christian physician unite, and the Bible worker, and who visit from house to house as well. No line is to be drawn between the genuine medical missionary work and the gospel ministry. These two must blend. They are not to stand apart as separate lines of work. They are to be joined in an inseparable union, even as the hand is joined to the body. The presenting of Bible principles by an intelligent physician will have great weight with many people. There is efficiency and power with one who can combine in his influence the work of a physician and a gospel minister. We see that it starts out with a connection between gospel work and medical work. God's saying this is not just the way the ground is prepared. It's not just the pre-work. It's not just the health series getting ready for the evangelistic series. It says specifically this is the way the harvest is to be reached. God is calling us as nurses, as doctors, as healthcare providers to not just have medicine or healthcare be a way to prepare the ground, but actually be the way that souls are won, the way a harvest is reaped. And it's to prepare for other work of the church, you know, evangelistic series and all this too. But it's more than what we see right now as a, as a vision for medical work. It says that evangelical workers are learned to minister to the necessities of the body. Doctors and pastors are called to learn to bring healing to people physically as well as care for people spiritually. The Christian physician and nurse are called to labor in connection with the preachers, with the pastors. There's to be no separation. They're to work together. The hand is to work with the body of Christ to facilitate winning souls. It says again, the gospel minister should preach the health principles. And then it says something very interesting. The Christian physician is called to preach the gospel of salvation. Now, I don't really hear too much in medical school that I'm called to be a preacher. But what we're reading here is that we are called to preach salvation. The influence that we have as a nurse, as a pastor, as a physician is to be capitalized on to influence people to care for their bodies so that they can have a mind to know God more, so that they can come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, so they can come to know the truth of the Bible. God is calling us pre-med students, us medical students, us nurses, to share Bible truth with our patients. And we're going to impact what that means a little bit more. We're called to unite as healthcare workers with ministers, with Bible workers in door-to-door work. We're called to blend medical 
and spiritual ministry. God is calling for blended ministry, medical and spiritual. In doctors, nurses, pastors, and all health care providers. And so first I would like to look at what that means specifically for people interested in medicine. Specifically for people that God is calling into medicine or pre-med students, whatever, wherever you may be. And I want to first consider what are barriers that would prevent someone from going into medicine when God is calling them in that direction. And this could apply to nursing school. It could apply to another program of education. Um, but I've heard these concerns often in re reference particularly to medicine because of the large time commitment. And I want to address a few of these concerns that might prevent someone from going into medicine when that's what God is calling them to. The most common concern I hear is, you're in school so long. Why should you spend 8, 10, 12 years in medical school if you really believe Jesus is coming soon? I hear this all the time. So I wanted to share a couple things that I've found helpful in my grapple with that question, what I've found in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy, for why the time in school is not a waste being in medicine. The first reason is that Christ spent a large amount of time in preparation for his ministry. Desire of Ages, page 64 says, Jesus is our example. There are many who dwell with interest upon the period of his public ministry while they pass unnoticed the teaching of his early years. But it is his but it is in his home life that he is the pattern for all children and youth. He was doing God's service just as much when laboring at the carpenter's bench as when working miracles for the multitude. We often think, you know, it's that very public evangelism evangelistic activities that's what honors God, but God's saying even in Christ's life, he spent most of his time in preparation at the carpenter's bench, and God's, from God's view, that was serving God just as much as the time he spent working miracles for the multitude. So not only do I find that the time in school shouldn't keep someone from following God's call into medicine, if that's God's call, it's not God's call for everyone, but another reason that I found that, that the time in school shouldn't be a barrier is that God entrusts us with talents. In Matthew 25, verses 20 through 23, God gives us talents that he expects us to invest. And whether that's investing in medicine, or investing in nursing school, or some other form of education, God is saying, when you take the talents that I give you, the time, the abilities, and you invest it for me, it is not a waste. I will come back to you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful. So if God is calling you into medicine, the education, the time you spend is not a waste because you're investing the abilities that God has given you. I 
one of the biggest reasons that I really firmly believe that the time in school is not a waste, particularly in going into medicine, but for any area of education, is that God is calling us to not wait until we graduate to be involved in mission work. He's not saying mission work is once you graduate overseas doing evangelistic series. That's great, and we need people to do that. But God is saying, I want you to start right now. So if you start in ministry right now, it doesn't matter if you're in school or if you're not. And granted, you know, school does take time, and I realize that that sometimes does take time away from what you need to do, um, what you could do in evangelism. But if you do evangelism, if you do missionary work, if you do ministry right where you are as a student, then the time in school is not a waste. Turn with me to Acts 1 verse 8. Acts 1 verse 8. It says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be a witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. God called his disciples to start in Jerusalem and then to spread out to the whole world. God is calling us now as students to be involved in evangelism. He's not calling us to just be a student missionary for a year overseas. He's calling us to be a student missionary for four years when we're undergrad, four years when we're in medical school, four or 10 or 15 years when we're in residency, however long that will be. And for the rest of our life, God is saying, start now. Don't just have it be a few weeks or months on a mission trip overseas. God's saying, start now in Jerusalem, in your classroom, in your dorm hall in the people in your community. Reach out to those people there and then spread out to the whole world. God is saying to start now. What is going to change when you graduate? If you don't have a mission mindset now that you want to reach the souls that God places within your influence for Christ, that's not just to suddenly appear when you walk down the aisle and graduate. God's saying you have to start today. It's not just an academic preparation for ministry once you graduate. It's not just getting that RN license, that MD. God's saying you have to prepare spiritually. You have to start reaching out. You have to start learning how to do evangelism to the people that you come in contact with. You have to start now. Messages to Young People, page 207 says, Let those who desire to work for God begin at home in their own household, in their own neighborhood, among their own friends. Here they will find a favorable missionary field. This home missionary work is a test, revealing their ability or inability for service in a wider field. We don't just have tests in school. God's saying, I'm giving you a test now. I'm giving you a test in that person that I say, go knock on their door. Go Speak to them about God. Go ask them how their day is going. I'm giving you a test to see if you will reach out to the people I place around you now. And if you pass that, then I will send you overseas. I'll send you to wherever I choose to send you after you graduate. But I want you to start now. We have too limited a view of evangelism. 
We think it's doing a particular thing in a particular location at a particular time. And God's saying, no, it's not that. It's something more. I want you to incorporate it into everything you do. I want you to incorporate it into that person that sits next to you in class to ask them how they're doing. How is their walk with God? I want you to reach out to those around you. I hear people sometimes say, maybe God's calling you to be a missionary. There's no question about that. We have a narrow view of a missionary. We think it's someone overseas, but God's saying, I want every single person to be a missionary wherever they are. And sure, we need people to go overseas. We need people to share um, God with those that don't know him overseas. We also need people in the U.S. Everybody is called to be a missionary. There's no question. And God's saying, start now wherever I've placed you. Reach the people that I have put in your life. When you reach out to those people, to your classmates, to your friends, to your neighbors, to your family, God will open doors and he makes the time that you spend in school valuable because you are touching lives, not just later, not just after you graduate, but right now. Christ's example in spending time in preparation for ministry, the talents that God expects us to invest for him, and the opportunity to be involved in ministry now are reasons that I believe that if God is calling you into medicine, particularly with a large time commitment, or any other field of training, nursing school, or anything else, that the time in school is not a waste. To learn how to blend physical and spiritual ministry to reach souls for God. I found this personally in my own life. When you follow God, even if you're a pre-med student, God opens doors, opportunities for you to reach souls. What you have to do is say, how can I impact those around me? I had this experience teaching a program called MCAT Boot Camp, helping people not just prepare academically but spiritually for medical school. I couldn't have done that if I wasn't pre-med. And in whatever place God places, places you, he has opportunities, souls for you to reach in whatever area you are. I had four of my students one summer say that was the summer they gave their life to Christ. And there was nothing like that. If I wasn't a pre-med student, I couldn't have ta taught other pre-med students. God gives us opportunities to reach souls in whatever line of training we are in school. And he expects us to reach out as we go through school these people. As I was involved in reaching these people for God, it did something to me. When you're involved in evangelism, it affects you. And it, it changes your life. When you have students that are staying up at night, not just so that they can gossip, but actually because they are so passionate about sharing testimonies about what God is doing in their life. They stay up talking, and I don't recommend staying up, but that's incredible. Like, when does that happen? And when you see that in people's lives, that does something to you. It affects you. It gives you purpose. And that was my experience. So this was the summer before I started medical school. When I, during that summer, I was, I was praying because I was like, man, this is so exciting to be involved in evangelism. How can I stop doing that when I go to medical school? And I was impressed. You need to start a prayer group before medical school. 
you need to do something to reach your classmates. I was like, oh man, God, you know, that's a good idea, but <laughs> you hear all these things about med school, you know? People like act like it's craziness and you can't ever do anything. And I'm like, God, I'm committing to spend time with you every morning. I'm committing to take care of my health, to get enough sleep, to exercise, to spend that time with you every day. And if I do this, how on earth, when other people can't even survive and they don't do that, how on earth am I to have time to not only do that, but get involved in evangelism? But God was just like, no, start the prayer group. And so I was like, okay, okay, I'll start it. It'll just be a time, small time of commitment. You know, each morning I'll just get up and get to class a few minutes early, pray, pray with my classmates, and that will be fine. Well, when you walk through a door that God opens, he opens more doors. And it's a blessing, and it's a good thing that he doesn't always show you where everything's going because he knows that you might not be able to handle it. So, I started the prayer group. At first I thought it was going to be an awful lot, but like, God really blessed. So, a classmate came up to me and they're like, you know, could we please do this before exams? I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, um, sure. And honestly, I was a little hesitant because I like to study like right up until the exam. And I mean, I study all along, but there's just so much material and medical school exams are like no other exam. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, God, if you really want me to stop like half an hour, 45 minutes early to pray with my classmates, I can't turn my classmate down that's asking me. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And we came and it was like, Obviously, before exams, more students are interested in spiritual things. So it was like this huge opportunity to minister to people. And we had like 30 classmates show up. And they were like, yes, let's pray. And, but not just that, like you're so focused on exams before exam, but like we started like sharing how God had brought us to medical school and like his leading in the past, his faithfulness on the MCAT, his faithfulness in getting us in when we were like, how are we gonna get in? His faithfulness in like, bringing us through the last exam and his faithfulness and like giving us support of family and friends and it was crazy to see like classmates that were just like absolutely scared to death like start praising God before the exam and so we did that and then we'd like go around and have like a short prayer it was absolutely incredible crazy you never think like evangelistic opportunity like right before med school exams um, but it was incredible, and God gave me peace, and he blessed academically, too. It was incredible. So, God opened that door, and then, classmates came up to me, and they're like, you know, we're having class elections. You really should think about running for class pastor. I'm like, that's an awful lot. I prayed about it, and God was like, you know, I really should do it. But I was like, you know, God, if I do this, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I'll just do the prayer group, and I won't do anything more. <laughs> God had a little bit more in mind. He started putting burden on my heart to reach out to my classmates more. And I started praying because God put a burden on my heart to have like some sort of program where we brought in like physicians to inspire them to use medicine for God and to live lives for God to share Christ with their patients. And I was like that would be so amazing, but I have absolutely no experience in doing this. No idea how to do it. How should I do this? And I was started praying for God to send people. 
send more laborers. That's what the Bible tells us to pray. I started praying for that, and I didn't see anything for a little while. Then God brought me in contact with the second year class pastor. He had the same vision for medicine, the same vision for evangelism. And we said, you know, we should start like, uh, we should do like maybe one, one. <laughs> um, Vespers program where we bring in like a good speaker and um, have them share like their testimony, share how they shared Christ in their practice. We should do that, you know, like one for the first and second. Let's do a joint. Already God was answering my prayer to send people. So we too, last December, we did our first, first and second year joint class Vespers. God blessed so much. It was amazing. It happened that after that, God sent a third year really godly person to help us, sent a fourth year, and we started doing this for the whole school of medicine. Then a, cl a classmate came to me and said, you know, it'd be really amazing to do this every month. I was like, God, <laughs> really? God had sent these other people, and he totally provided, and we started doing this for the whole school of medicine every month. Absolutely incredible. And it was crazy because the speakers schedules and everything usually ended up with them coming the week before exams, which is absolutely nuts. But God blessed so much. And it was so incredible to be involved in ministry. And God still allowed me to take that time with him each morning to take care of my personal health. And he blessed so much academically. It was just crazy. And it was incredible to like have that experience in reaching souls right during medical school when it's like the busiest time you can imagine, but like being involved, it was just absolutely amazing. This year, God opened even more doors. Every single class pastor is committed to this vision of combining evangelism and medicine. We did, just this last weekend, we brought in uh, Dr. Chung to speak to us about how to do this, his personal testimony, his experience in bringing patients to Christ. We had a Friday night Vespers, Sabbath morning, Sabbath school and church, and then we did our first outreach. It was absolutely amazing. We went door to door in the hospital. He went with us and he showed us, like, this is actually how you do it. We had so many divine appointments. We had two-thirds of the people, that, the med students that came to church went on outreach with us. Absolutely incredible experiences. We spent an hour afterwards just sharing all the divine appointments we had. And it was just absolutely incredible. And after that day, I was just like blown away because the outreach was absolutely the best part of the whole weekend and the whole weekend was so, such a blessing. Anyhow, it just really reminded me that even in the craziness of second year, it's like second year med school is like the most challenging academic time in all of medicine. Everybody understands it's the most intense, ridiculously insane, academic experience you can have. But being involved in evangelism during this time in my life has made me realize it's about your priorities. When you cut everything else out of your life, what gets cut out? I have so many classmates, so many friends, they cut everything else in their life. The only thing is school. And then what happens when you fail an exam? When you fail a year of med school, when you go through two years of med school, and then you fail and you're kicked out. It does happen to people. Your security, your value has to be in Christ. And when you cut everything else out, what is left? It is possible. 
when we think our lives are the busiest, when we think we don't have time to do evangelism, to still through Christ's power, do it. That's been my experience in the second year. And God has blessed. It's been absolutely amazing to reach out to classmates during this time. And I've had so many other stories branch off of this. I will share more next seminar. But the point is that God wants us to get involved now in evangelism. He wants us to reach out to the souls around us. He wants us to reach out to our classmates. No matter whether we're in medicine, nursing, or any other field, he wants us to get involved now. When we get involved now in evangelism, we have a reason that the time in school is not a waste, in addition to Christ's example and the talents God expects us to invest. Another barrier that keeps many of my friends from pursuing medicine or some other education, like nursing, is that they wonder, you know, particularly for medicine, is there something else? Should I be a full-time pastor? Should I get involved in Bible work or ministry of some sort, full-time? And that's a valid question, you know? We want to prepare people for Christ to come. We want to win souls. Should I do something else? A quote that I think you might find helpful, particularly if you're considering medicine and God's putting that burden on your heart, and this is a question you have, is from Councils on Health, page 503. I have been surprised at being asked by physicians if I do not think it would be more pleasing to God for them to give up their medical practice and enter the ministry. I am prepared to answer such an inquiry if you are a Christian and a competent physician. You are qualified to do tenfold more good as a missionary for God than if you were to go forth merely as a preacher of the word. I would advise young men and young women to give heed to this matter. God wants godly pastors. But he's saying, if you are a Christian and a competent physician, you can do tenfold more good. God brings people to you that are hurting physically. And often along with that, they have a spiritual need that you can minister to. They're coming to you. These are people that may, very well, may not come to you as a pastor for healing. But you have an opportunity to not just bring physical, but spiritual healing to these people. So I want to take a look at what God's call to blended ministry in medicine looks like. And this applies to nursing and to many other healthcare professions as well. But since I'm a pre-med uh, medical student, medicine comes to mind particularly. Spiritual care, what does that look like in the practice of medicine, in the practice of healthcare? How do you incorporate that into the grain of your practice as a nurse, as a physician? What does it look like? It is not just being a good doctor. It is not just developing a connection with your patients, smiling at them. It's not just that. And I hear, I'm concerned when I hear people say, that is the end of spiritual care. That's all you need to do. God is expecting us to be a good physician, to develop a connection, a relationship with our patients, to have a good bedside manner, but that is not the end of spiritual care. 
God is calling us to blend physical and spiritual care in our ministry as physicians. God is calling us not just to pray with our patients. That is important. It should be done. He's calling us to do more than that. He's calling us to share truth from the Bible, to share salvation with our patients. And this is obvious. It, from my experience, is not very common. God is calling us to step out of our comfort zone to follow Him. Turn with me to John seventeen three. John seventeen three. And this is life eternal, that they might, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. Eternal life is to know God, to know Jesus. And if we as healthcare providers only give our patients five, ten more years on this earth, and we don't share with them the blessings we know as Christians, the salvation we have in Jesus, if we have a dying patient and we don't share Christ with them, we have kept from them eternal life. God is calling us to share this with the people we come in contact with. It's as important or even more than the physical care we give, even though that must be there and it must be good. God is calling us to share eternal life with those we come in contact with. Councils for the Church, page 309, says, This is why our sanitariums were established, to give courage to the hopeless, by uniting the prayer of faith with proper treatment and instruction in physical and spiritual right living. Through such ministrations, many are to be converted. The physicians in our sanitariums are to give the clear gospel message of soul healing. It continues. And thus should our physicians labor. They are doing the Lord's work when they labor as evangelists, giving instruction as to how the soul may be healed by the Lord Jesus. Every physician should know how to pray in faith for the sick, as well as to administer the proper treatment. At the same time, he should labor as one of God's ministers to teach repentance and conversion, the salvation of soul and body. Such a combination of labor will broaden his experience and greatly enlarge his influence. God is calling us as physicians, as healthcare providers, to pray with our patients, but to do more than that, to also share salvation, to share truth of the Bible with them. God is calling us to teach them physical and spiritual right living, repentance and conversion, salvation of the soul and body. And that's not just something that starts later when we're doctors. That's not just something that starts once we finish nursing school or some other time after our education is complete. God is calling us to start now. God is calling us to start caring for the spiritual and the physical needs of those around us. God will open doors for you to do that. I've experienced that. God is calling for us to pray and share salvation, to share Bible truth with those around us. And as we do that now as students, that prepares us to reach our patients in the future spiritually. God is calling us as nursing students on our clinicals to begin trying to practice this, 
to do the best we can to walk through the doors God opens to us. Not only does getting involved in caring for the spiritual and physical needs of those around us now make the time in school valuable, it also prepares us for our future ministry as healthcare providers, as physicians. And God is calling pastors to do this as well, to begin now combining physical and spiritual healing in their ministry. God is calling us to combine physical and spiritual healing in, in, as we reach out to others, not just in praying and sharing salvation and sharing truth of the Bible with others, but also in learning to live by faith. In Matthew 17, 15 through 21, you should read the story later. We don't have time right now. It's the story of a man that comes to Jesus and says, why could your disciples not heal my son? And the answer is very sad. Jesus said it was because of their unbelief. Our faith affects others. It affects our ability to heal others. It affects our ability for God's power to work through us to change the lives of those around us. God is calling us as healthcare providers, as physicians, to live by faith. Faith that when we don't know how to treat a case, even if you study the hardest, you do the very best you can, there's going to be a case as a doctor, as a nurse, as a healthcare provider that you don't know what to do. The most brilliant doctors have told me about this, and they are clueless what to do. But God says, live by faith. Learn to depend on me, that when this case comes along, that you will know what to do because you have wisdom from me. Learn to have faith that when you have a case that is medically impossible, that the patient is for sure going to die, that you believe that Christ can bring healing to cases that are impossible. And even if he doesn't, that you will still trust him. Learn to live by faith as a health care provider, as a physician, and learn to live by faith now as you prepare for this ministry in the future. Learn to live by faith as you prepare to minister to others, um, spiritually and physically. Learn to live by faith as you put God first in your life. You say, I'm going to spend that time with God no matter what else happens. Even if I'm 12 lectures behind in medical school, I'm still going to curve at that time with God each morning. Learn to live by faith that when you put God first, when you take care of your health, when you reach out to others, that God will provide for you academically. Learn to live by faith. And that's no excuse for not studying her. That's no excuse for not doing the very best you can. But God says, learn to live by faith, to put me first in your life now. God is calling us for, for us to blend physical and spiritual ministry as doctors, as nurses, as healthcare providers, not just in praying with our patients and sharing truth of the Bible, sharing salvation, not just in living by faith, but also in teaching health principles. God is looking for healthcare professionals that will incorporate into their practice the new start principles, nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight, temperance, air, rest, trust in God, that will look for the root cause of disease and not just cover over the symptoms of a disease. That will say, I'm going to facilitate you and, fall and help you 
in following God's laws and helping you to learn how to care for your body. God is looking for healthcare professionals to teach the health principles that would honor God. Christ did this work. He taught in addition to preaching and healing. And we see in Ministry of Healing, page 113, how this is also described. The physician should teach his patients that they are to cooperate with God in the work of restoration. The physician has a continually increasing realization of the fact that disease is the result of sin. He knows the laws of nature as truly as the precepts of the Decalogue are divine, and that only in obedience to them can health be recovered or preserved. He sees many suffering as the result of hurtful practices who might be restored to health if they would do what they might for their own restoration. They need to be taught that every practice which destroys the physical, mental, or spiritual energies is sin, and that health is to be secured through obedience to the laws that God has established for the good of all mankind. God is calling us to incorporate health principles, to teach them to the people we come in contact with, the people we have influence over as physicians, nurses, and healthcare providers. Not only does God have a special role for doctors in blending physical and spiritual ministry, he also is calling nurses to blend physical and spiritual ministry as they reach out to patients. God gives nurses a special opportunity as they spend a lot of time with patients, develop relationships with them. He gives them special opportunities to have influence over people for God. Councils for the Church, page 311, says, There are many lines of work to be carried forward by the missionary nurse. There are openings for well-trained nurses to go among families and seek to awaken an interest in the truth. In almost every community, there are large numbers who do not attend any religious service. If they are reached by the gospel, it must be carried to their homes. Often the relief of their physical needs is the only avenue by which they can be approached. As missionary nurses care for the sick and relieve the distressed of the poor, they will find many opportunities to pray with them, to read to them from God's word, to speak of the Savior. They can pray with and for the helpless ones who have not strength of will to control the appetites that passion has degraded. They can bring a ray of hope into the lives of the defeated and disheartened. Their unselfish love, manifested in acts of disinterested kindness, will make it easier for these suffering ones to believe in the love of Christ. It is the truth as it is in Jesus that is to be brought before human minds after they have been sympathetically cared for. When I was in nursing school, I wanted to do this. And I didn't exactly know how, but I thought, you know, I will at least try. So one thing I did that I think was a blessing was I bought little paperback steps to Christ and brought with them with me on clinicals. When I had a patient that was particularly receptive, I would give them to, to them after I cared for them. Many of the patients really appreciate it. You know, if you say I have a gift for you, you know, they're bored, they're sitting in the hospital bed, nothing to do, they're receptive. That was one thing I found was helpful. Another thing that I made an effort to do was to pray with my patients. 
I didn't know what else to do, so I thought, you know, I can at least try to do that. So I would do it after I cared for them all day long. I'd care for them, try to develop that relationship, and then use it to bring them to Christ. I'd pray with them. One day during a nursing practicum, I had this man, and he was one of those more interesting characters, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> he was a little bit of a difficult patient, I guess you'd say. And I cared for him, and at the end of the shift, I was wondering, you know, should I pray with him? I always at least offer to pray with all my patients. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to do it anyhow. So I said, you know, would you like me to pray with you? And he was like, okay. And, you know, you just kind of got that feeling. So I prayed with him, and the next day I was assigned to him again. I thought, okay, okay. Towards the end of the day, about 6 o'clock, you know, the shift ends at 7, he said, are you going to pray with me again? I was like, wow, I didn't realize it had that impact. So I'm like, yeah, I'll pray with you. And I prayed with him, and then he said, he noticed because of my uniform that I was from Southern, he said, now tell me what Seventh-day Adventists believe about all these different things. And he started asking me about the Sabbath, about what happens when you die. He believed like in the reincarnation, all this sort of stuff. And all these other different doctrines. And he like asked me what the Bible said about all these different things for like 45 minutes, which was actually kind of crazy at the end of the shift. But God provided, and it was incredible. Like the patient that I didn't expect that at all. Like God opened such a door just because I was willing to step out. I didn't know what else to do. But I was willing. And God's saying, if you're willing, I will open doors for you to reach out. Even if you don't know what to do, try. Read what the Bible and Spirit of Prophecy have to say and try it. God will show you how to do it. God is not just calling doctors and nurses and healthcare providers to blend physical and spiritual ministry. He is calling pastors to blend physical and spiritual ministry in their church in their community. He's calling them to not just have the spiritual, but have physical care, to teach their church members, their communities, to care for their body, to emphasize the health message, to emphasize new spirit. We preach about unclean meats and alcohol and tobacco, and that is right. It should be. It is truth. But did you know that physical inactivity and obesity are killing more people than alcohol? The root cause of disease, when you look at what's really killing people, that kills more. And where is that in our health message? God is giving us a tremendous opportunity to reach people through this method. God is opening the doors for our health message to impact pe this area of people's lives as well. And God's saying to pastors, emphasize this in your health work. Not only emphasize the health message, but join with healthcare professionals. Join with pastors. Pastors should join with physicians and nurses and the whole healthcare profession to facilitate the sharing of the gospel. Ministers of the gospel are to unite with the medical missionary work, which has ever been presented to me as the work which is to break down the prejudice which exists in our world against the truth. A gospel minister will be twice as successful in his work if he understands how to treat disease. God is calling pastors to understand basic elements of how to treat disease as well as to combine with medical professionals. One of the physicians that came and spoke at our Vespers program for the School of Medicine was a doctor-pastor team, and they both spoke, and it was very cool. 
One of the things, a couple of things that they did that you might find useful, they would do door-to-door -door work together. When there was a case that the pastor didn't know how to care for physically, the doctor was right there. When there was a case that the doctor didn't know how to care for spiritually, the pastor was right there. And they both had spiritual and physical work blended in their ministry, but they would join together to facilitate ministry. They would also do things like have evangelistic series with half of it being health and half of it being prophecy and all the truths of the Bible. Extremely effective. Many, many, many times more people were brought into the church as a result of that. They would also do things like the, pa the pastor would be the receptionist part-time in the doctor's office. And so when people came in, they would, the, the pastor would get to know them, develop Bible study contacts, and when they came, those people came to church, they'd have a familiar face. Just very unique ways of joining pastoral ministry with healthcare professionals. I thought it was very cool. God is calling us to blend physical and spiritual care, not only as doctors, as nurses, as healthcare providers, but also as pastors. God is calling us to start now, to study what the Bible and spirit of prophecy say about how to do this and to be bold, to step out even if no one else is doing ministry like this. God is calling us in our personal lives to reflect the health message, in our devotional lives to go deeper, to have that spring of life from God personally that you can share with others, that spiritual depth that gives you something to share, that personal experience and caring for your health that you can share with others. God is calling us to have priorities that honor Him. Ministry of Healing, page 143 says, the world needs today what it needed 1900 years ago, a revelation of Christ. A great work of reform is demanded, and it is only through the grace of Christ that the work of restoration, physical, mental, and spiritual, can be accomplished. Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them, follow me. There was need of coming close to the people by personal effort. If less time were given to sermonizing and more time were spent in personal ministry, greater results would be seen. The poor to be relieved, the sick cared for, the sorrowing and bereaved comforted, the ignorant instructed, the inexperienced counseled. We are to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. Accompanied by the power of persuasion, the power of prayer, the power of the love of God, this work will not, cannot be without fruit. I really want to make an appeal with every head bowed and every eye closed. We've seen this afternoon that God is calling us to live like Christ did, to blend physical and spiritual ministry. Whether we're a doctor, nurse, pastor, or other healthcare professional, God is calling us to not just minister to the physical, but also the spiritual needs of those all around us. And He's calling us to start now, to start in ministry to those all around us, to make God and serving Him 
caring for our health a priority in our lives. And if it's your desire to dedicate your life to following God's call, to blending physical and spiritual ministry as a doctor, nurse, pastor, or other healthcare professional, raise your hand. If you'd like to dedicate yourself to Christ, to following His will for your life, and you're not sure whether He's calling you to one of these fields, but you want to say, God, wherever you are calling me, I want to be involved in evangelism now. I want to glorify you in how I live my life personally. And it's your desire to rededicate your life to Christ, to say, yes, I want to follow your plan for my life. I want to reach out to the needs of those around me. If you would like to rededicate your life to Christ and be involved in evangelism now, raise your hand. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much for your word, for your guidance in our lives, for the life that you loved, blending physical and spiritual care for those around us, for those around you. And I just want to ask for you to please live in our lives now and do that in us. Use us to reach those around us, to reach out to their needs physically and spiritually, to live our lives in a way that would glorify you, to look for the needs of those around us. Please do this for us and make our will one, of, one with yours. Please live your life in us. Thank you for hearing our prayer. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www dot audioverse dot org.